I'm Alicia. And I'm Ashley. And we are Murd Nerds. Welcome back, Murd Nerds. We hope you all are doing well as we head face first into autumn and winter and the holiday season. But firstly, November is the one year anniversary of Murd Nerds. So that means we are starting season two of oh. Murd Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and with all this excitement going on, we are doing a big giveaway. And in this giveaway, we're partnering with some awesome podcasts and doing all kinds of fun stuff. Um, We've got some merch that we're going to throw into the giveaway, just true crime goodies that Ashley and I are putting together. Um, So head on over to social media to learn more about that. But speaking of collaborating with other podcasts, I've been in communications with a lot of really amazing people and podcasts over the last few months. And I lucked out, got invited into this huge group filled with all kinds of true crime podcasters from all over the country, all over the world. And with the new season in full swing of Murnards, we've decided to partner up with these podcasts and bring them on our show. And I know for myself, I'm always consuming podcasts. I know Ashley is as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And all kinds of true crime content. And sometimes it's like you almost get stuck when it comes to finding new and interesting shows to listen to. There's just so many that it becomes kind of overwhelming. So every month we will be talking to a new podcast for you to check out so that you can get a taste of what their content is who they are, and why you should be checking them out. So today, for our very first guest, we'd like to welcome on Beth and Deb from the podcast Dying to be Found. Hi there, guys. Hi. How are you? We're wonderful, and how are you both? We're good. That's good to hear. I'm good, too. We're excited to be here. Thanks so much for asking us to come along. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. Thanks, Ashley and Alicia. What a cool idea to do an interview when we're pretty excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to just learn more about you guys in general. So um, like I said, first of all, thank you guys for joining Ashley, Jeremy, and I today. And we really appreciate you guys taking the time to jump on here. It's six o'clock our time and your time. So it's kind of late in the evening. But um, second, I do have this little ritual to warm us up to recording. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, like, no. Like Are you setting us up? <laughs> she always sets us up. Jeremy and I forget about every, every single, single week. Time. And it's so fun because it's always like, oh, yeah, she's going to ask us a fun question. <laughs> so um, I like to ask a weird question just in the beginning of the episode, just to kind of warn, warm us up to talking. Um, and nobody knows this top or knows this question except for me. And um, you both, both get to join in today. <laughs> to answer this off-the-cuff question. So, have you ever unwrapped a gift and then re-gifted that same gift to someone else in the same Christmas? I have. I've never you re-gifted have? ever. You've never re-gifted? No. Really? You're a saint. We're <laughs> saints. Maybe her friends and family are just great gift givers. That's true. Too. That is true. That is a good gift giver. I'm going to say I probably have a drawer in the spare bedroom of things that I will probably be regifting down the road. I just have, haven't had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a I, gift cachet. 
Yes. Hey, I thought you were going to ask me if I'd ever opened a gift and then wrapped it back up under the tree. And I'll answer yes to that one. (laughs) (laughs) It was from Beth. I live from Beth. (laughs) Beth, you remember that apartment? Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I live in an apartment with no windows right now. What? And last Christmas, my mother got me a grow your own sunflower kit and I opened it and I looked at her and I looked at the, and I looked at her and she was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about it. Cause I can't grow it in my, <laughs> in my apartment. So I immediately regifted that to Liz's daughter. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't have a balcony or anything. No, nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. Just the dungeon. Yeah. No, she's got, she's got this picture of a window in the kitchen, and it looks like this beautiful paned window with like oh, an yeah. outdoor scene. It's like I'm a like, pond and like beautiful trees. I'm like, I really like uh, your the view from your window. She's like, shut up. <laughs> Jeremy, have you ever? You know, I've never actually re-gifted a actual Christmas present. However. You know, we used to do this whole, uh, what do they call it? The white elephant Mm -hmm. gift. Mm -hmm. So we had a few items that we would re-gift every year that would come back into the fray. I think it was a toilet seat. There was an adult diaper. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure there was a blow-up doll at one point. So all of those things got re-gifted and cycled back in repeatedly. Oh, and a Justin Bieber book. Oh my god. Oh yeah. That that definitely needs to be recycled. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking about it and I definitely have done it, but I've only done it with gift cards. Like gift cards the oh, places that I would never ever go to or I would never have the time to stop. Like we live in a pretty rural aerial aerial. Aerial. <laughs> rural area <laughs> and so there are like places that were just too far that i would never make a trip to go out of my way so i just i don't think of it as regifting i think of it as paying it forward so. there you go yeah you would think of it that way <laughs> so now that we're all warmed up um it's really nice to actually meet the both of you like i said we've been talking in the chat so can you go ahead and introduce yourselves, your podcast, maybe some fun facts, um, like where you're from, what do you do for a living, hobbies, anything to just let everybody know who you are. Sure. Who wants to go first, Beth? You can. I'll go first. <laughs> we knew that. I'm, I'm the type A personality here. <laughs> so hi, everyone. I am Deb, and I am a teacher by day and a podcaster by night. And I originally grew up in Canada. But I have been here in the United States since I was, oh gosh, a teenager. I've been here much longer than I was growing up in Canada. So um, I think really that's, that's my background. I actually heard it. I almost said something, but I heard, I heard your accent a little bit. It's my oats and the boats. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's my giveaway. I have to go back every couple of years to replenish. Right. right, right. <laughs> then you're due. Come visit. Yeah, I am due. <laughs> I'm Beth and I live in a little town. Well, it's not so little. It's a little city called Sarnia. I'm on the American border of Michigan and I love to shop in Michigan. 
Yeah, you're not that I'm a, yeah, I'm a switchboard operator by day. Oh, and really? yeah, I love my job. How neat. That's so cool. I, I always tell her to make sure she's got her switchboard vote switchboard voice on before we start recording yes she does because i'm very shy and well you're doing great i, I would never think you're shy thanks so now on to the nitty-gritty questions about your podcast i did send these to you guys so you would be a little prepared ahead of time um but what was the first thing that got you into true crime well, uh, me personally, I've, oh gosh, I, I've, I can go back a decade or two of watching Dateline on TV. Yeah. Keith right. Morrison, holy cow, was he ever a good storyteller? Just love him. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And then I don't know how you guys are, but I have always followed the Criminal Minds show, Flashpoint. I don't I know if you've seen Flashpoint. Me too. So good. And then I found this show called Flashpoint. Beth, you might, might have seen that one. I never have. And I am going to make a point of it. I, I've seen commercials, but I didn't realize that it was uh, crime-based. It is. It's based out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think really it goes a little bit back further than that, because I just remember as kids, we always seemed to have crime books mm-hmm. in yes. the house. Nancy Drew, Bobsy Twins. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed... Um, the Hardy Boys, too. Yeah. They're still really popular. Are they really? Yeah, I'm a children's librarian. Oh, yeah. Super duper popular. Like, uh, there's some, but like boxcar children that. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Get those because they're so old and they're out of print. And kids will be reading the series and be like, but I need number 17. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't read them out of print. <laughs> I just think that we were probably twisted at an early age. And I mean, my mother was right. buying the books for us. So I never read the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew books. I always read the Bobby Bobsy Twins. And I don't know why. I just really loved that series. What about you, Beth? Same thing. It's kind of just reading interesting true crime. Yes. In my um, early 20s, I started reading all true crime. So I've been really hooked. Mm-hmm. For multiple years, because I am now a senior. <laughs> <laughs> Do you read nonfiction or fiction? I read, go ahead, Beth. When it comes time for crime, it's uh, mostly nonfiction. But since doing podcasting, it's all been uh, true crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think I've read fiction in years. I can't seem to hold my concentration for long because, I mean, I just... It's almost like a rabbit hole when you are reading nonfiction. I have to go further. I'll stop what I'm doing and go look something up online. So it's just like a, just an ongoing. Yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) So what made you guys want to start a podcast? Deb. I've been listening to podcasts for probably about two years regularly on the way to work during my commute. And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, before then or in the last year, two year span, I, I've been working on a degree and I obtained a degree, but I was working 17 hour days between school or, you know, where I work be- between yeah. work and my own schooling 
And so I had a lot of downtime when I finished that degree. And so I thought, you know what, I can do that. I knew I was going to have to find something to do. And I had been listening to those podcasts for two years or so. And I thought I could really do that. So I talked to my family members and I don't know if you've heard Shelby on there yet, but there's a couple episodes my daughter Shelby has dropped in a few times, but Beth is the the one that really jumped on board with no hesitation. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. I really enjoy the topic and uh, it is very fun to research. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, you get, my problem is, is I always start researching one case that I think I'm going to cover and then I end up um, finding 12 other ones in the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've started writing something and then been like, you know what? No, I want to do this jump other one. Ship. Yeah, yeah, I do that constantly. Ship. And it'll oh, be like yes. two days before we're supposed to record, but we both change our mind and completely change what we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have done that a time or two for sure. Yeah. Yeah, How me did too. You two meet? We're sisters. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> probably known each other for a long time. <laughs> I don't think we make that quite clear in our in our um, podcast now that oh yeah I don't think we ever talk about that we're sisters. Well, you know what? It was like at the very very beginning. I, I mean, we're 38 in, episodes in now. Yeah. So, I think it's everything's becoming very fluid and mm-hmm. we just don't touch on those topics. I don't want to be repetitive. Right. But you're right. I mean, we haven't really said anything lately. And at the very beginning, we used to reminisce a little bit, but I think that we've hit most of those topics because I moved to America and then we didn't have those memories anymore. Yeah. 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 So what was the first case that you guys wanted to cover? Ooh, that one to me is a really hard one. I, I think that Elizabeth Smart was at the top of my list. And you guys had mentioned, you know, starting one topic, but changing to something else. But there were two really big cases that really hit home with me. And we have covered both cases. One was Elizabeth Smart and the other one was Natalie Holloway. Mm-hmm. And I really think just because those were really big headliners in in the last couple decades, I just, I tend to go with stories that I have heard over the years and that's where I start. But Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Smart, for some reason, I really think hit home with me a little bit. And then of course, Natalie Holloway. And for me, I'm intrigued by cases that go way back to the 1800s. So you'll Mm -hmm. hear me doing a lot of the 1800s to the early 1960s just because they are so bizarre and it's not a typical style of murders today. What are you smiling about? Over that journey? Because like half a years are like in the 1800s. <laughs> so. Yeah. I like the older cases too. I think they're really interesting and it's, there's a couple of cases that I've had to go through like census records. Right. The and, research is more oh, fun. I think. Yeah. The it is. Really I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Can you ask some questions? I've kind of just taken over. Sorry. Oh, I already I just asked a question. I know, but like <laughs> <laughs> you guys are <laughs> not gonna fight. Yeah, dude, fight no fighting. <laughs> they act like they're sisters. We your besties, and that's close enough. Yep. <laughs> so what does your guys' process look like? Do you like watch documentaries, listen to other podcasts, or look at newspapers? All of the above. 
Me personally, I listen to a ton of podcasts, but I do not use them in my research or the information that I relay. I almost think that's um, stepping on people's toes. We all have our own style, so we may we may say the same information, but I use a lot of newspapers that I find online, like the um, just made like Atlanta journal constitution or the Denver post or things like that. So I can usually find pretty reputable resources online from newspapers. YouTube is really good because mm-hmm. you can get a lot of condensed versions from documentaries there. So you don't have to watch the whole two hour episode. Mm-hmm. So I, I use a lot of documentaries, but not always the full version. There's a few times where I will find something on Netflix or, you know, as a starting point. But for the most part, I do a lot of my research coming from the internet on uh, reputable resources like Mm -hmm. newspapers and such. Mm -hmm. And for me, I love to read books. So that's where most of my information is from. Uh, like the Lindbergh case and H.H. Holmes. That was very intriguing, both of them. And um, so much more is known today uh, when you can find stuff on the Internet, and um, including the kidnapping, which incl- cl- excuse me, occurred in the 1930s. Yeah. Have you heard about the Lindbergh mm-hmm. baby kidnapping? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's wacky. That one's wacky. Yeah, that's a wacky it story. is. Yeah, and a lot of the times, too, Beth will just throw this story at me. I, mean, I heard of the Lindbergh, but not to the extent that she has told me. And she's pretty good about telling me all these uh, impactful stories from the early 1800s, 1900s. And I had either not heard of them or I was not fully aware of the entire case. Yeah, I think a lot of the older cases, things get lost so easily, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. with, with the amount of immediate information we get through Mm -hmm. cases nowadays there's updates 24 7 right and even when you're researching an older case it's always it always seems like a lot of conjecture like like someone's putting placeholders in what do you mean like you only know certain facts and then what's in the middle is like whoever you're reading they like create almost the narrative right that's true um, so how do you prepare yourself to tell these kinds of stories? Do you just jump in ready or do you kind of like, I always like to open up with a goofy question just to kind of loosen everybody up, I guess. Um, Cause I know these stories can be really like draining. Yeah. So they sure pre- can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you prepare yourselves in any way or you just, I mean, me personally, Beth knows me. I pretty much live my life on the fly. So it's just a matter of, okay, I'm organized. I have an organized chaos, Yeah. but I don't really, there's some stories I've really put off because it was just too intense or too dark. And that I've just put away. That would be the procrastination side of me. I'm like, "Mm, nope, can't do that one today. But I will say, as far as preparing for the stories, if we're about to go live recording, then we've scripted more so in our intros and extras. And and that really makes things a little bit more organized. Mm -hmm. And it changes things up a bit, a little bit too. Uh, I I see natural progression over time. 
I think everybody starts off with a grand idea on how they want to do their podcast, but it never turns out that way. We always end up uh, progressing or changing things. And uh, for example, I don't, I have a teachable moment at the end of every one of my series and it's, <laughs> it's changed over time. And I've just noticed that it becomes more relevant to the story that we've talked about. Um, I don't think it really started off that way, but yeah, over time, I think just as things progress, we change things up a little bit, but as far as telling the story, we definitely have an intro. We definitely have an extra and uh, it all comes together. You guys just kind of go in with notes and talk about it or. Oh yes. That's I need my notes. Is. I can't <laughs> go in. Mine's scripted. Like every word I say, I'll go off occasionally, but I will get too lost. And it, I, I write everything. Like I, I'm writing a, like a research paper almost mm-hmm. or like a story. And then she, she, she's skeleton kind of just bare bones, just talking. I'm like, how do you do this? I get so lost. Alicia, I think that was you that I texted. Hey, do you want our script? Oh yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, that was that so. Was me. Yeah, I think Beth too um, is a little more organized in that manner. But I teach for a living, so I can I can talk on the fly, and I always have to have something up my sleeve and something in case something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think like it's just yeah. So I mean, I don't. I'm more of a dry sense of humor, but kids don't get me. Who cares? I can at least <laughs> on the fly, on the fly, I can come up with something if I need to. What grade do you teach? I teach high school. Oh my god, you're brave. <laughs> and right. a very dry topic too. What is it? Marketing is dry. Marketing? No, I actually teach business and marketing. I have a little school store that we run, and holy cow, I got these kids. They are my employees, and well, I also teach teaching as a profession, so really what it comes down to, we can go to the elementary school and work with elementary-aged kids and read to them. We do a one-week field trip, and then for the rest of my day, I'm running the school store. So my students who know me, I usually keep them for three years. They can see my temperament change from, oh, look at the cute little kids too. <laughs> All right, come on. We need to, you need to email me to make sure you're coming to school today or you get a no call, no show. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a little marketing at a high school. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And they're that's pretty it. smart. So well, did you have, go, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I mean, I've been in the business world for so long before I was teaching, I was working in the business world for 15 years. So really? it's kind of in my blood. That's so <laughs> awesome. I think that's really crucial now more than mm-hmm. ever to have something like that in high schools to prepare them for reality. Once they step yes. Up those, those doors yeah. were the last time. Right. And I think it's important you, too. You worked before you taught. I think that that you need that experience. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that's, yeah. and Georgia has a really good um, career tech program across the entire state. And they're all about getting kids ready to go into the working world. So, yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Where we're from, because we're from Indiana, it's very um, flat. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> Slow to um, progression. I guess still, but my son's in fifth grade and they do this thing where they, um, 
it's a whole building that they've turned into different stores or it's called biz town it's like a little town and there's like yeah and they each have career they do this once a year for the fifth graders they spend a whole day there they each get careers there's a mayor for the town they've got (laughs) paychecks and they've got to live their day like they're an adult essentially and it's a really cool thing that is fun and i'm glad that they're introducing stuff like that because like i said there's not a whole lot of not a whole lot of experience no there's not i do i i go deep on finances and stuff i make sure they know how to write a check and i you know give them little just little hints and i even give them some of my life lessons i'm an open book to that because i want them to walk away and i don't know who's getting it at home so to me it's just you know as as much as i can give them before they walk out because i've had students say oh i just want to come back to high school it's hard out here I know. I know. It's tough to be an adult sometimes, isn't it? Oh, it's <laughs> very. Eat chocolate cake for breakfast. If you want. <laughs> it's it's <true>. right. <laughs> so did you both have any fears or worries when you started your podcasts? Absolutely not. No, me either. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, were we fully prepared? I don't think so. I don't know who is, even though if you have a really good plan set out, I don't know if it's always going to go that way. And we just roll with it and say, hey, we'll do this better next time. Or, I mean, I, and I'll say this, we we started out with one platform and I don't know if it's the area where either one of us lives. I live in the North Georgia mountains and it, I mean, I'm surrounded by trees and mountains. So Am I getting the best reception here? Not always. And then same with Beth. I don't know half the time she like yesterday her electricity went out and it was two hours or so before she couldn't get her internet back up again. So the platform that we were using initially, I had to get away from it because of we had a lot of problems with it. Um, And that's, that's something I, I was like, we got to work on this quick because (laughs) (laughs) we can't, we can't keep the podcast going if we continue to have these issues. Yeah, right. I would say that would be momentum. the only Yeah, absolutely. So just to get a podcast out once a week, we're doing our best. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, I don't think people realize when they first, I know we didn't. Definitely not. I was like, oh, we're going to tell fun stories. Well, not fun stories, but oh, we're going to tell stories and we're just going to be, it's just going to be two of us talking. It's like, no, it's, it's work. It's work. It, it work. is work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Um, so what made you choose your podcast name? Well, um, gosh, I like this question. I, I, I just mentioned I was a marketing teacher. So of course I'm trying to use a little bit of creativity, Yeah. but I, I toyed with a couple different phrases and stuff. It just really boiled down to, I wanted it to hit in, hit home on true crime but I wanted to give it a little bit of a generic sense mm-hmm. because it's not always about violent crimes and missing people is just a wider, a broader spectrum than that. I mean, we've talked about bog bodies, Bigfoot, um, and Beth even talked about the Mad Hatter one time, which was a really cool story. So it's not always about true uh, violent crime. It's, yeah. it's broader than that. So I wanted a broad name. And um, one of the things that I have said is that the title of our podcast is left open to the interpretation of myself and the listener. 
So if you have a story that you want to send us, by all means, we'll be happy to cover it. Yeah. Love that. I love, I think the name's catchy, Dying to be Found. I think that's, that's so catchy. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks. Like always go, that's a killer case. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it reminds me. I'm just like a, like quippy. Punny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Punny. Um, so what do you think the most important thing about, nope. What do you think is the most important thing about talking about true crime? Beth, do you have anything to say? No, I I totally agree where you where you're coming from because we've discussed this before, and I think it all boils down to respect. Absolutely, um, yeah. Beth and I talk about this frequently, and uh, me personally, I always feel like I need to give a voice to the victims and the victims' family. So. Um, I, I, it's just a matter, I, I've never been in the situation of these people, and it's just really important that we give as much res respect to the family and the victims so that their voices can be heard. Um, there's been several of our episodes where there's a lot of victims on the list, and me personally, I'll, I mean, I'll give you an example. There was Robert Picton. It was Robert Picton. We covered that case out of Canada and he had a trem tremendous amount of victims and after Beth told me about that story I really had to dig deeper because it was almost like an unfinished episode I just I got her permission but I needed to say those names so that's what hits hits home with me yeah um I I feel the same way I feel like we have to respect the families and because it could be family members listening to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another reason we kind of backed ourselves. When we first started, we were just doing Indiana unsolved and it was really hard because it was local people mm -hmm. unsolved cases. So there's a lot of feelings out there that are unresolved and it was just, it got to be really really draining yeah on us and we were really worried you know that we were going to offend somebody and it right. would be like like our community would be offending so that's kind of why we we got away from that a little bit yeah we definitely so, go ahead do you have do a lot of people in your town know that you're podcasting i'm pretty sure everybody yes. in the town <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty small town yeah um yeah, you can go to uh, the hardware store or the grocery store <laughs> and they'll be like, hey, I listened to this case, uh, the gas station. Mm -hmm. Jeremy at the gas station is always like, hey, uh, told my husband because everybody, you know, knows us. You better be safe. Watch yourself because she seems to be very well versed in true <laughs> But oh, yeah, yeah, we... we for me, we had a couple instances where there was some weird stuff going on um, with stories. One one episode we had to pull. Um, in another one, there was a burner account that was contacting us that made us uncomfortable. Oh, and wow. we were like, yeah, we were like, okay, we just need to stay away from global yes. cases as much as we want to do them. We have had a lot of people that have reached out though and family members mm -hmm. that have thanked us for getting the stories out 
Um, we did an interview with um, Amanda Vanzia. Um, oh, yeah. Audrey. Her case, yeah. Her case, Amanda's case is unsolved. Her sister wanted to come on the podcast and tell her side of the story. Wow. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that was really, really cool. Um, yeah. And I do like that aspect of it, but that line is so, it's so thin. Yeah. It is yeah, a thin line. That, it was just a little too close to home, I think, for us. It was nice that we branched out. Yeah. And I think that too, because Beth is in a, di a different country than me. We can definitely do like we're doing now, Zoom conferences, what have you, but it, it gives us a broader audience or at least storylines, I think, mm -hmm. so we don't have to, I mean, I, I could probably cover several cases from around my area, but I don't want to do too much of that. So, and I noticed that some people tend to stick with what they know, but yeah. Um, and I will. I'll, I'll definitely cover a few more here and there, but this is definitely not my genre to stick close to home right now. Yeah, no, <laughs> I still have to keep a little bit of my identity because of the, what I do for a living. Uh, yeah. You know, my, um, yeah, just being a little bit set back. I don't really say a whole lot at work about my hobby here. <laughs> so I just talk mainly with people that I run into. Hey, do you guys listen to podcasts? That's how I get my word out. Yeah. That's Jeremy. Jeremy <laughs> literally went to a football game in Kansas City and was handing out business cards like, hey, you like murder? Hey. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, uh, yeah. He's our biggest hype man for sure. Mm -hmm. He's been the best because we were the first podcast under his um, network. Neat. It's, we're 40 episodes in working with Jeremy. Yeah, we all nice. just oh. said first together. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I learned a lot along yeah, the way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So was there a case that you've covered that has just stuck with you that just like drives you crazy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Natalie Holloway. That's yeah. the one where you all know which one that is. Yeah. Um, I didn't mention it earlier, but Natalie went missing. I don't think I mentioned this in our podcast. And Beth, you may not even know this, but Natalie went missing on my birthday. Oh, and I, at the time that she had disappeared, I had a budding teenager in my house. So, you know, of course, I'm going to be a little heightened as far as protecting her. But I mean, honestly, that case really angers me because to me, you know, I'm not going to say the suspect is innocent or guilty. It's just there's too many, oh gosh, too many un undone pieces and he just kind of rubs it to me he's a little cocky and rubs things in the family's faces so I just think that the family needs closure and I mean the whole the whole situation is just in my opinion very cruel yeah. and to the victims and the family members but th that one hits home with me just because of the timing of a teenager in my house and it being on my birthday and I mean, and the fact that there's just never been closure on that. Yeah. For me, Deb did a case on Dorothy Jean Scott, and it really stuck with me because the nature of her abduction, it was pretty unique. And Dorothy did have a stalker while she was alive. And after her death, the guilty party continued to call Dorothy's parents. And to this day, it's still unsolved. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate unsolved murders. I, it just leaves me hanging and just wanting an end to 
the case. Right. And there's just, it doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, it does. It's just, well, I mean, yeah, it's just open. It's not, yeah. There's no. And that's surprising too, because with how far DNA has come in the past 20 years, even if it's an older case, I'm still surprised that some of these cases cannot get solved. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a funding thing. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. It could be. Sure. My next question is what case do you hope is solved more than any of them? I, I presume it's we just answered that mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Um, I think Natalie would probably way up there. Um, yeah, that would probably be the one that I'm, I'm thinking about mostly. For me, it's Molly Bish. Uh, with Molly, there were many suspects in the case and they're all deceased. So something like that, you'll never find solved. Yeah. There's just never, there'll never be closure. And that's just so angering. Like it just, ah, it is because they're so close on some of these cases. Mm -hmm. I mean, so close. And just to um, get that close and then something else come up. I mean, I'll just throw in there. Molly Bish is pretty recent with us and they had found some, or they, one of the suspects, they had DNA tested a, you guys know what a familial DNA is, yeah, right? That I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they had done that with one of the suspects and then all of a sudden it came to a screeching halt because they found that there was no match. So that's the hard part right. is that, you know, once again, this family has hopes, especially 20 years later, 30 years later, um, then they get a little glimpse of hope. And then all of a sudden the rugs pulled out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's some of your favorite true crime content? Um, Podcasts, docuseries, documentaries, books. What sticks out to you? I like docuseries. I like something that has, I can binge watch or binge listen. And just docuseries is really, really cool. And it's not just about true crime all the time. It's sometimes it's white collar crime. Mm-hmm. I've listened to, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the Wondery app. They have some oh, yeah. really cool episodes. So they have white crime. They've done the Enron. I've listened to, uh, what was that oil tanker up in Alaska that oh, yeah. crashed um, several years ago. So little things like that. But I also saw a or listened or keep saying sing but i listened to i don't know if you guys have heard in the red clay Mm -hmm. and i just listened to that i binge watched it in the last two weeks and it's basically crimes that have happened in the south and believe it or not that was a docu-series that took place in many of my stomping grounds in where i've lived um they've brought up towns that i lived in for 20 years and the surrounding counties, even the county I live in now. So it's really just kind of cool to get a just a running um, series where it changes every episode. Uh, that's really my, my point that I like to go to all the time. It's a go-to for me. Yeah. So. And I find I don't have as much time to listen to podcasts because I have a 2013 car. Mm-hmm. And I still have CDs in the mm-hmm. nice dash. So 
Um, I can't listen to them unless I'm home. I do rubber stamp a lot. So it, and I watch Netflix. So I get my content from Netflix and um, Deb will tell me which is good podcasts for me. And I listen to them and I love what she sends me. And in fact, I really, really enjoyed your Walt Disney episode. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I feel my car's a 1999. Um, 2001. Uh, <laughs> so I totally understand. I still have a uh, CD player. I have wireless headphones that I keep in my car. Oh, you're not supposed to do that. That's dangerous. I Alicia. just put one in because I lost the other. <laughs> I went through two pairs in a month because yes. I lose them. The What's the, the difference though? What's the difference between having a conversation with the person next to you in the car or having an earbud in? I don't right. understand. Just that. one, just one. Okay. <laughs> I have to do the same thing, Ashley, because I just did a little spontaneous purchase a couple months ago and bought me a little red convertible. So it does not have, I know, right? <laughs> Listen, my husband likes to get on his Harley Davidson and I had a little spill back at the beginning of this year and it was probably going five miles an hour and I did some damage to my hands and everything oh. else. I don't want to get on a motorcycle anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I told him I would be happy to follow him around in my little red hot rod. There you and go. Uh, there we go. Put one earbud <laughs> in and we're good to go. Yep. There you go. Um, so is there a challenge that you have had to overcome when doing the podcast, whether it be, um, you know, researching a case and not being able to find stuff or when it comes to editing or recording or anything like that? I would say definitely it's the editing. Um, we, I think that we, Beth, you can probably attest to this. (laughs) I I see you're nodding your head there. Yes. I mean, I don't know, Jeremy, how long does it take for you to edit one episode? Well, is it my episode or Alicia's What you can, what you don't hear with Ashley's episode is, oh no, that's not right. Hold on, uh, uh, Jeremy, I am so sorry. <laughs> Let me go back. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah, it can take me sometimes up to eight hours to edit one episode. I, I it could be because I'm an overthinker, and I'm probably too much of a perfectionist. Perfectionist, but I, I'm getting better with the production piece of it, but. Editing is definitely something that I need to work out a little bit better so I'm not overextending myself. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that we've gotten past most of our sound problems and uh, editing is the next thing to work on. Mm-hmm. Well, and overextending yeah, overextending myself. Yeah, by podcast. Editing. I yeah, don't I know that. how you do that. And you have a full-time um, job? I do have a full-time job. Wow. Yeah. You're Superman. And mm-hmm. No, Why? I am about burnout. So <laughs> I'm about to hit... With November, I get to slow down, you know, no more trip. Well, I have one more trip to Kansas City for a game. Um, no more weddings. My daughter just got married in my last yeah. one. To marry off. Um, yeah. And between all of this, three his three kids got married in the last year. He's taken on our podcast, created this network, um, started his other podcasts, helped 
um, Gunner with his podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Andy's working full time. Andy's building a deck. I'm right? building a deck. Yeah. Literally building a deck. You can't Andy. see this one harm is over here building a deck. <laughs> <laughs> right now. I found when we when I first started. See, I'm a musician, so you know I'm I'm used to the recording world. Uh, you know, I've got, well, I think I've released like, uh, what is it, eight or nine albums or something like that over mm, the past you. Uh, few years. And so editing that stuff is is different than editing a podcast. And I had to let go of a lot of things because of that perfectionist part of of that psyche. So going in and taking out every um and every yes. uh and all that, it became like to a point it was like, you know what? This, if you listen to other podcasts, a lot of people leave that stuff in and it, you know, it's just become a more of a natural thing. So what used to take me three days to edit an Ashley podcast, <laughs> I've gotten it down to just, you know, within a couple hours. So <laughs> That's good. good. Yeah. Cause I, I've noticed that. And there's just one word that I know that I say all the time and it's not, um, but it's just something that when I hear it, I was like, oh, gosh, how many times have I said that already? So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably taking a little bit too long with the ums and the uhs. And, and all right. And when I ask people, they don't notice. Our listeners don't notice. Yeah. We huh. notice and he notices because he's been in the industry. You know, in. Right. And yeah, we I hear it constantly. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just said I always say so. um, And then I'll. Make it open my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a lot better face. about that. I have, but do you know why yeah. I? Do you know why I hear it? Because I work in the business world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. Like, and I'm it's public speaking and full of presentations. So I have been in an interview or no in a in a meeting one time where, oh gosh, we were probably 15 minutes into the meeting and I heard um quite a bit. So I started counting. And within the next 15 minutes, I heard the word, um, another 111 times. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that was the, from the person leading the meeting. I'm yes. Wow. Yeah. So what do you hear after, um, I, I don't hear too much on the podcasts. So I, I'm just, I take out as many ums as I can now, mm-hmm. but if we get a ton of listeners and it, you know, we expand a little bit, I will be more than happy to leave some in. <laughs> how, do you, how do you suppose we're going to be able to expand? Well, what are we doing right now, Bethy? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're networking. Just network. That's all you yeah. can do. Okay, yeah. okay. That's one of the things. Jeremy, we'd sit down and have meetings, and uh, he's continuously said, How are we going to, you know? Yeah, he's always honest. Expand your ship. Mm-hmm. How, how are we gonna? We need to get bigger. We need and I'm like marketing. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what else I can do. We were like talking about buying a billboard. We were talking about um, what else were we talking about? Um, I was looking at. There's like a a thing in South Bend. It's like every Monday, but it's only in the summer. So all of my stuff was very summer based. Yeah, we there was just winter is just hibernation, this, and then we'll do it again in the summer. Yeah, yeah. for real. The networking, this fell into my lap. Like, I don't know how you guys got involved with it, but it just, like, happened. And I'm like, thank God Jeremy can get off my back about (laughs) (laughs) spread this. But it's been been awesome. I think, too, the little 
uh, chat room that we found. I don't know how long you guys have been in there. It is so difficult to keep up with sometimes. So I don't but, even try anymore because I work nights. So oh gosh. most people are on there talking and I'm just like, I'll jump in occasionally and be like, hey, let's have a conversation. I was shocked that I saw your your text in there as quickly as I did. I just happened to be sitting at my desk and I never look at my phone because I do not like kids looking at students looking at their phones. So I try to be an example, but it was lunchtime. I was like, oh, yeah, let me go ahead and do this. (laughs) Yeah, I literally just happened to jump on there and be like, hey, does anybody need something? (laughs) (laughs) But this is a great idea. I think we have done um, like crossovers within our network. Um, except the Chiefs fans have it, but I what do you what do you really well, you know, crossover with? The, the problem with the Chiefs fans, it's my it's my baby. I love mm-hmm. this one, but it's so niche, and then, you know yeah. it's hard to cross that over. We have crossed it over with the Call Guys podcast because of Colton. Colton comes in and, yeah. and does that kind of stuff. But it's I mean you know. The mergers are always welcome to come on Indiana Chiefs fans, but once again, that is a Zoom based football murders. Yeah, football murders. There you go. Oh, that is a Zoom based (laughs) podcast, and so it's with the way we have it set up, it makes it a little more difficult. But yeah, absolutely. So, how do you guys balance life, work, and the podcast? Because the podcast can take up a lot of your free time. So how do you guys make that balance happen? Because I am still learning. Like you're in, <laughs> I'm still. You said you have a fifth grader at home. I have four kids. I Holy wow! <laughs> yeah, I Kudos to you for doing this podcasting. <laughs> I've got a 13 year old, a 10 year old, a four year old, and a two year old. Oh um, yes, and my husband um, works during the day. And then I work nights and then I do this podcast. Um, we record on Sundays and then um, our other podcast, mine and Jeremy's, we record on Sundays. Um, I work five days a week and I somehow make it happen. I don't sleep uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how do you guys balance? Because I'm like juggling and can't juggle at all. So. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm an empty nester and I don't have kids at home like you do. Now, I will tell you this. I um, I was in school for three, three and a half years and it was 17 hour days. Yeah, so, 17. but when I had kids at home, it was, I always called them my drop and roll days. All right, honey, I'm going to drop you off at this park and I just want, I'm going to open the door. You just <laughs> drop and roll and let me get to the next park. Well, well, I take the other one over to play hockey, but I mean, it was just a matter of, oh, I have so much more time on my hands. So I do consider this a hobby, although it is building and a lot of it Ashley is that I don't have kids at home. So that's how I balance it. And I knew that I would need something to fill my hours in the evenings when I got home. And believe it or not, that's, it takes up a lot of time, but I still have a lot of time to spare where I can just take off for the day or take off for the weekend. I I do Mm -hmm. go out of town a lot. I'm going to Washington DC next week for about three or four days. Yeah. So it's, it's, to me, it's not that difficult. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think this is a great question. 
I'm also an empty nester. So I have a lot of free time aside from working full time, working on my rubber stamping, making cards and blogging. And so I do have a husband and he's very patient. (laughs) That's awesome. I know I'm very grateful for my husband because he's, you know, he works five days a week. He works a factory job. So he definitely is working his butt off and then he's so good. He's a great father. We're potty training our two-year-old and he texted me while I was recording and said, Cora cannot, like she was doing great. And now we backslid and he's like, I'm just bringing the little potty back out and putting it in the living room. Like you got to do whatever you can do. (laughs) Yes. She's our youngest and our most stubborn and she's wild. (laughs) I do remember those days. I miss those days though. No, that's what I keep hearing is people saying you're going to miss these days one time or sometime. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't know, right here in the thick of it. <laughs> right, like, right. True. Very true. Yeah, I don't I will have say, any kids, so. I've but got, you have, you have pets. I have lots of pets. Yes. <laughs> I love animals. And um, I, I keep myself pretty busy. I just, I'm over involved with the other members of my family and my over. friends. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm way over involved with them. I you give them too much of my time. I have a Nina. That's her room. <laughs> you see a theme here. We're all driven. <laughs> exactly. You do it because you have to. <laughs> it's love. Yeah. It so is. where would you guys like to see your show going? Like in the long run, do you have long-term plans or long-term goals? I personally, I, I just, uh, long-term plan. We don't have any, any plans to shut down. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But I just think that it's important to tweak our production and just keep going and just expand uh, with storylines. I'd love to see a bigger audience and, and we're getting there. And Beth and I have talked about going to Crime Con. Have you guys been yet? No. no we, should go. we should go next. Let's, it's going to Florida, which is when pretty. Is mm, when? September, I think. Oh, plenty of time to plan. Oh, yeah. And it's an eight-hour drive for me. I don't know how long it would take you guys to get there. Add, <laughs> add, ten, add ten more hours to that. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Florida's yeah. a two-hour drive. Where's it at? Depends on where. Pardon me? Where's it at in Florida? I think it's going to be in Orlando. But I'm not sure. It's where our co- you said our cousin lives. I don't know much about Florida, but you said yeah. our cousin lives there. Okay. So that would be probably around the Orlando area. And I mean, that's, again, it's networking. So uh, where do we want to see the show go? We want to see it go far and we don't want to see it end anytime soon. And networking is the way to go. Exposure, mm-hmm. getting out there to those different events like that. Mm-hmm. Right, Cause if we could get a, excuse me, a tent at crime con, I mean, stickers, keychains, people are going to go through that and they're going to look those up. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. For I know sure. The other podcast Jeremy and I work on together, um, the United States of Paranormal, we're two teams and there's Jeremy and I here in Indiana and then his nephew and his two friends, Logan, Matt and Bose, and they live in Texas. And we flip flop every week. He's covering a story and they've been doing live shows at a bar and getting like people involved. And we've been working on Tucson for how long? Nine months? Yes. Nine months. This one year will be or Mert Nerds will be one year this month. Two stop hit twenty thousand views. 
the same weekend that Merge Nerds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I saw the podcast. Yeah. So it's been doing live shows. That's something I want to get into is just like, t- you know, at a bar, at a cafe. That's a great idea. Yeah. Just, and I mean, you're getting, you're putting out that advertisement for the place that you're going to. And it's kind of like, I'll rub your back if you rub mine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, if you think about it, the um, people, singers, popular singers, they go on tour to advertise and promote their records or songs. And we should be doing the same thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And it's been nice because like with Logan and Bose and Matt, they've been continuously asked back. Like they did. Nice. The show. Yeah. And then they're going to a bigger in Dallas. They're going Houston. to a bigger in oh, Houston. Houston. Yeah. yeah wow. Bigger in Houston and doing a Christmas show there. So it's like, how do we, how do we make this work for this podcast mm-hmm. and that podcast, the other ones? So, yeah, I think the paranormal isn't as niche as true crime. I think a lot more people are broader. You think? Yeah, yeah, because it can. It's just a huge spectrum where true crime is like, it's pretty niche. I know it's popular right now, but it's still. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's growing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, what is your favorite episode that you've covered? And um, could you give us like a quick rundown of the episode and what would make like to get somebody to check out that episode? Absolutely, that is a great question. Okay, so I had told you that I did one episode close to uh, where I live, where I'm from. I live in Georgia, and there is a young lady named Meredith Emerson, and I feel like she's episode number 28. Um, But Meredith really hits close home to me because my husband and I frequent the area that she was abducted from. Um, she's a 20 something year old girl that took her dog up to blood mountain in union County, Georgia, just for the day. It was just a day trip. She left her roommate a note to say, Hey, we're going up to the mountains. We'll be back probably by dinner time." And she never returned. So she was seen hiking on the trail with an older man who later turned out to be, I don't know if you guys have heard this guy, Gary, Michael Hilton. He is also known as the National Forest Serial Killer, and nobody knew who he was when Meredith went missing, and I think it was after he was arrested that he was pegged for killing other people out on the Appalachian Trail, and, you know, the Appalachian Trail spans through lots of the southern states. It goes all the way up to Maine, and he just picked victims wherever he was, whenever he needed money. He just decided Mm -hmm. he was going to pick some people. And so he ended up holding Meredith captive for three or four days. Now, the interesting thing about this, and this is what really kills me. She was a blue belt in martial arts. And he had even told the police at some point in time that she almost got the best of him with her martial arts, but she lost her footing on the trail. And then that was when he basically was able to take over. So he he kept her for several days and uh, he was taken down. There was so much news media about this that he was taken down at a local gas station cleaning out his van. But 
I think that somebody tipped him off that he was, somebody was looking for, the police were looking for him. And I mean, that, that's kind of the, how the story goes, but. Yeah. Wasn't he throwing this, throwing this stuff in the dumpster that was right yes, there? I have yes. That story, yeah. Yes. And so she was taken from Blood Mountain up in, you know, at the, at the base of the Appalachian Trails. And my husband and I go up there quite a lot. So anytime that I see that mountain peak and I can see the mountain peaks on the way home from work every day, if I'm driving through town and me personally knowing that area, it just, I mean, I'm probably getting choked up a little bit thinking about it right now because it, that to me is just such a tragic story. I think if, um, if they maybe caught him a few hours early, she would still be alive. Mm, yeah. Shame. Yeah. So that one to me is just, um, uh, I just, it was senseless, but I mean, Beth, what, what one stands out to you? I think it's H.H. Holmes. We found uh, a lot of interesting things in the book that I read. It was quite a long read. This, this gentleman made a big hotel and it was called the castle. And this was in the 1800s and he gassed, the guests in their room and he would put them down a chute into his basement into a vat and there they would disappear is it double would it like the bed lift up yeah pardon me alicia what'd you say yeah she's oh was it double in the white city the book it was yes it was that's the book i read did you read it Uh, no i remember i've not read it but mrs heater our english teacher was reading it when we were in (laughs) sophomore english class and she told me about it, and I would always remember that book, and it's still not one that I've read. It's excellent, <laughs> excellent read. They, they, my high school students in my school read that book. I was in shock. I was like, really? what? Your English teacher has you reading about a serial killer? They're like, yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> believe what he did. So they taught me something, too. Wow. <laughs> But there's a lot of interesting um, things that came out of that book, you know, like the Ferris wheel was developed and that's when Cracker Jacks came out. And so there was a lot of little history in that book. Crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. I just that <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah, there aren't words. <laughs> So much to wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. And you covered that case. What do you know what episode that was? I can tell you. I can Holmes, sure tell you. Eight it and was, nine. Yep. Ooh, a two-parter. Ooh, we love two-parters. We love a two-parter. Do you now? Well, if you like three-parters, Elizabeth Smart is three parts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't do too many of those because I don't know what our audience likes if uh, if they get bored. I mean, there's your little docu-series right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a two-parter because like I said, I like sitting and I like the more information, but if I listen to it when it first is released, then I'm like, I can't wait for that right. excitement yes. of seeing it yes. pop up. On yes. Yes. yes, part two. Or part mm-hmm. three. Yeah, I'm a binge listener, so I have to make sure there's plenty of episodes ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have any more questions that I, you'd like um, to um no not i don't think so 
Jeremy? Well, all I all I could say was I I would have uh, given anything for a marketing and business class when I was in high school. Right. That's I so think important. That is, I think that is awesome. Oh, thanks. Oh my gosh, we are killing it. Look, I teach my students how to count up without a calculator. And um, they have to account for everything and they have to make sure their drawers balance. And it's just, I mean, craziness, craziness. So, yeah, I think, well, I've been at that school for quite a long time now. So it's basically, I, I've got my groove going. It's just teaching the next set of students that come in the next year. So we start all over again. But yeah, we're, we, we're, we've really perfected it. Awesome. <laughs> I, I would have loved Jeremy. to have one of those in, mm -hmm. in high school. Thank sure. you. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So thank you both so much for joining us today. And where can all the Merd nerds out there find you guys on social media? And where can they listen to your show? Why, you can listen to us at Dying to be Found. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And I am trying to figure out a way to open up YouTube and TikTok. So mm -hmm. nice. talking about that, as many genres as you can, as far as social medias, we do have a website. It is uh, dyingtobefound.com, spelled just like you see it on our logo. Otherwise, look for the, um, look for the tag at dying, the number two, the letter be found. Or if you Google us, we pretty much come up as soon as you find us, as soon as you look for us. And you're on all, like, all the big streaming platforms. Absolutely. All platforms, anywhere you look, we are on Spotify, Apple, uh, Pandora. I mean, all of them. So mm -hmm. if, if it's not on one, you'll find it on another. Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Alicia and Ashley. We really enjoyed ourselves today and very much appreciated taking your time. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, we, thanks for the invite. We got a plan for it. Uh, I really think we should do that. Yeah, for real. I think I'm we should in. all go to... I have no responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> and if I ask off, I have summers off too, by the way. So I can certainly do things there. But if it's not, I can take personal days. I would love to do that. That would be so cool to meet you guys face to face. Yeah, mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I just oh. found the start video button. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I wanted to do it, but I was afraid I would lose you guys. <laughs> I'm not very techy. <laughs> oh, well, it's nice to finally see you. Right, guys. right. Nice to go face to the voice. <laughs> right at the end. Perfect. Oh, yeah, that's right at the end. Thank you Thank so you much. So much. Today, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Yeah, okay. absolutely. We Thank will you. keep in touch. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. All right. Bye. bye. All right, Murders. We hope that you enjoyed this little crossover that we did. These um, these are going to be probably coming out bi-monthly. We'll interview a podcast and get to meet some other true crime podcasters out there. I think it's really important to do networking and... Um, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it's really great. I really like doing that. So, <laughs> thanks to Dying to Be Found <laughs> for being our first guest. Um, check them out on social media. Go listen to their podcast. They're two just really wonderful women. Um, and don't forget to check us out on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But I've not been on Twitter very much. But one day I'll get back there. <laughs> There's too many. There's too many. Um, if you're an Apple or Spotify listener, 
don't forget to rate and review us. Um, this is the best way to tell us what you like and what you don't like. Um, you got a story you want us to look up? Email us at gmail.com or feel free to slip in our DMs. Where are we all doing double chins? Um what else? I don't know. I think that's it. Thanks, Jeremy. Hey, no setting this up. We appreciate you mm -hmm. as always. Now I gotta figure out a way to make sure this is all set up on a permanent basis if we're gonna do this once a month. <laughs> so do we stop <laughs> recording? Yeah, after you finish up and say goodbye. Oh, oh shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Murder Nerds, we'll see you again next week. If you haven't been told today, stay safe, make good choices, and we love you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.